You are now listening to the RWO PDR Podcast. And our sponsors for the show, RealWorldPDR.com. Respect the craft. And DentMatePro.com, your simple solution for invoicing and estimating. And music by DJ Prime. What's up, guys? Mike here with the RWO PDR Podcast, the real world order of PDR. Paintless dent repair to you civilians. We've got a stormy kind of episode tonight. Episode 65. But first, let me introduce my co-host. He once got pulled over for speeding. The cop got the ticket. Once he ran a marathon because it was on his way. He owns JM Dent Repair of Lafayette, Indiana. He created RealWorldPDR.com, the industry's hottest training site. Respect the crowns. He's my friend and co-host of this podcast, the RWO. He is none other than my homeboy, Mr. Jim Mitchell, everybody. What's up, Jim? Well, hello. <laughs> Man, that background got real serious. <laughs> I know. I just saw that shit. Got the skull going on. How you yeah, been, so man? I made that for me, but yeah. Nice. Now, I was trying to throw you a curveball with the, the serious gym shit. But oh, now, man. Damn. <laughs> did you like my intro this time? Did I do it good? Was good? It was yeah. good. That's a, that's a true story about that cop. He apologized and everything. I'm sure he did. Lafayette's <laughs> finest, I'm sure. So, Well, dude, it's a uh, new year. Uh, we kind of... We're not really slowed down. I don't know about how you guys are doing in Lafayette, but uh oh, we came to with this negative degrees that we've had this week. <laughs> that's pretty normal. Stop. We yeah. didn't do a thing. I think uh Monday I might have answered one phone call. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what I've been doing this week. Shout out to AccuDent of Louisville, Kentucky. Uh last week last week I got Jim or not Jim, sorry, Jack and John John Vadine and Jack Bucknell. Came down to visit me, and I got them a little wholesale hell gig to kind of help my friends out with uh, just a week, you know. Well, I was going to be on cleanup duty for this week, so I kind of blocked out a few days. Well, a few days has turned into the entire week, so yeah. I've been wholesale hell fixing all week. So well, There's something to be said for that, especially in the middle of winter. That's right, yeah. There's <laughs> nothing wrong with that, so yeah. we're, we're not we're not unhappy. So, But yeah, man, tonight's episode, we got an awesome guest. Uh, he... Uh, Known this guy for a long time, uh, and uh, we've done business together, you and uh, myself. So let's bring that. him in. He needs no introduction. Let's bring him in from the Hale Company. It is Mr. Ryan Hampton, everybody. What's up, Ryan? What's up, fellas? Hey, what's going on, buddy? Not much, man. Good to see you again, buddy. Yeah, good to see you guys. Yep, quite so. That's, that's an amazing beard you got going on. Yeah. I trimmed about three or four inches off it recently, and uh, it made a mess on my sink. You know, I cleaned it all up. I'm like, I'm going to surprise everybody. And I go outside like, what do you notice? What do you think? They're like, what? I'm like, I just took like three inches off my beard. They don't even notice it. You know what, Michael? I, well, I, I came into this room with zero comments about my beard. I'm not trying to take anything away from Ryan. Here's like, good. But, well, thank you, Brian. At least somebody. Knows. I'm trying to catch up with you guys, and mine's got a lot of gray in it, and, and it's short. These, these beards, they take a lot of work. I we I keep it. This is my natural color. Obviously, nobody's going to dye their beard old. Um, but I do take that, that, you know, that beard coloring they have, like, uh, just for men, beard and mustache. 
they have blonde, light brown, medium. And I, and I do it in just a little bit, but I keep a little pepper in there just, just so I don't look too old. And then we went to New York a few years ago, and I, I did it. And I went to go get in the shower, and my daughter was in there. You have to get it off in like five minutes. I do it in three to make sure, right? Mm-hmm. When I got out. It was darker than gyms, and I'm surprised they didn't pull like pull me aside at the at the <laughs> area. It was dark, man. And my wife's like, "What do you do?" Like it was bad. It was real. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta be careful, but they take work. Well, yeah. maybe maybe if you take care of it, it's a lot of work. But me, <laughs> yeah. a little bit of this, I'm good. Let's oh, go, man. <laughs> man, I let mine grow a little bit. I know you guys can't tell. I have nothing to compare to you guys, but uh, got a little compliment on the gray coming in. They're like, oh, yeah. a, little, a female said that. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't Danielle. <laughs> but you're oh, very God. sorry somebody complimented you, I'm sure. All right, right. So, <laughs> uh, well, anyways, hey, oh, sorry, Ryan. Hey, guys, everybody, let's see who we got here. Facebook user, Facebook user. What's up, what's up? Miroslav, what's up? James Bernard, what's up? Ryan, what's up? There you go. There's a couple of these people. Facebook user Kyle Chase in the house. My boy Kyle. What's up, Kyle? Hey, Kyle. But anyways, Ryan, so man, tell us a little bit. How was your year, man? Like a lot of hail going on? Man, 20 or 2001 is when I got trained. 02 was when I started. So this would be my 22nd year actually in the business. It has to be by far the busiest year that I can remember. Like, wow. Not even remotely close. Like hands down the busiest year i mean everybody knows that already so mm-hmm. uh, and the same goes here i mean it hailed in owensville where i live where middle of nowhere we had you know body shops going and it's crazy year good year mm-hmm. yeah but, it was uh you know for me i'll tell i'll go ahead and go into it. jim let's look how about you how was your year so with hail was it oh, pretty busy as well it hailed everywhere yeah. but where i live so like all around us which is fine because there's two of us techs now working in the shop. We've scaled down a bit and we stayed busy and didn't have to bring a whole bunch of people in. Now, of course, we wanted to hail on top of us next year, but it was nice and relaxed. Everybody made good money. It was pretty good. That's good. Kind of trickled into the Lafayette because I know Bloomington got hit. So I know you probably got yep. some. Seems like we all get work, you know. Uh, for me, this was the busiest year I've ever had in business, flat nice. out. I mean, hands down. Uh, we, you know, the, the, Record break a year. This is a record breaking year for me. In 2018 was our biggest year in it, and and this surpassed it. So yeah, it was great, man. Uh, but what I want to talk about is uh, being prepared. And normally, I like to give myself a pat on the back and being ready for a hailstorm. You uh, you know, you guys know. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that. But uh, I had a hailstorm in June. I think it was early June, and I started calling guys, and nobody was answering the phone, or they were busy, or it was, I was like, what? <laughs> and I, normally when I get hit there, the phone's ringing off the hook. I got guys, man, I'm ready to go. Well, I got that storm staff myself, not a problem. Uh, but the problem was three weeks later, college town got nailed. Uh, another town, an hour out of Indy got hit that I do business in, got nailed. Louisville, Kentucky got nailed, you know, and I panicked and I didn't know what to do. I sat there having a cigar at the my favorite cigar bar and I was just like deer in headlights. So I was sitting there like, well, what am I doing? <laughs> and so I first person I thought of was my boy, Ryan Hampton. And I gave him a call on Sunday and he answered his phone and uh, talked to me. And Brian took it from there, man. He really helped us out. So, Yeah, that's the kind of year it was for pretty much everybody, including myself. I mean, 
when it hails and you said it may hail right on top of you. And then again, in a college town, you know, I, I had people call me. It seemed like every single day, didn't it? It seemed like every time somebody had a storm, they're they're talking about it and then um, they'd get it staffed up and then it would hail and the people that are working for them, their hometown would get hit or a really close friend would get hit. And they kept scooting closer and closer to home slash better money and you can't blame them. And it was really a musical chairs kind of hail season for everybody. Yeah. It was insane. Yep. I agree, man. I, uh, that, that was a feeling I've never had. Uh, normally I have no problem. I've never had to use Ryan. I mean, I, me and Ryan have been friends for a while. We've talked at MTE. We've had some text message stuff back and forth. And, and I've always known Ryan, you know, would help me if in, in need. And, uh, when I called him, I mean, even Ryan, even you were busy. I mean, you were, did your best, you know, you, you, you had, like I said, you know, the guys at your disposal, you know, you probably normally had raw working and, you know, you, you made it happen for us and I appreciate it. So. Yeah. It wasn't when it, when it comes to what I do, you, I mean, whether people want to admit it or not, they all have a pecking order, you know, mm-hmm. who's your first call, you know, who's your first call, who's your first call, but you have to, and we can kind of bridge this into what we talk about later on, as far as getting prepared, you really should have five to six times the amount of people you need on your own hail reading list, reading this list, because there's a good chance of if everybody has Jim Mitchell on their hail list, well, not blowing smoke up his ass, there's probably a good chance Jim's going to be busy. So if you're calling him in June, he's going to be, you have to have a lot of people. And, and I thought even I had a lot of people and doggone, man, I was talking to people. I haven't talked since kindergarten, you know, I'm like, Hey, what do you do? I'm asking them how their family is, you know, <laughs> you want to try like fixing the den or something. I know you're a plumber, but <laughs> family, John. Oh man. Uh but yeah, that was weird. Like uh, the feeling. I mean, I was just like, "Oh my god, what am I gonna do? I'm gonna lose my counts. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fail." And I just, and uh, Ryan sent me some guys. Uh, and and you know, weirdly enough, it was like the week of July Fourth. That was that was the tough part. A lot of guys were on were on vacation, and and yeah, I was like, "Oh," <laughs> but uh, yeah. How do you get them on a holiday? On mm-hmm. notice, you know, and hail guys. Yeah. So it was uh. Fortunately, the people that went up there wanted to be there. Yeah. yeah. And, it, and it worked out. And 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 I will say this. I'm going to compliment Ryan on something, too, man. He knows his guys very well. He knows their strengths, their weaknesses. And that was important to me because I – and it was that was great. I had this conversation with Ryan. I had four shops up in that college town that, that I needed staffed. And uh, Ryan went through and, and said, well, tell me a little bit about the shop. And each shop's different. One's – you know, high maintenance kind of shop that demands a lot of attention to detail. There's one shop that's turn and burn, you know, so forth. And and we talked about that. And Ryan said, I got, we're going to put this guy there, that guy there, this guy there. And yeah, it worked. So you know, my, my experience using him too is a little bit different uh, because I had a, a subscriber to realworldpdr.com, relatively new, not ready to do hail himself. And he gets a hold of me. And he's like, yo, what the fuck do I do? And I'm like, well, I can't really do a whole lot. I'm in Indiana. I'm not equipped for this. So I got them a hold of Ryan. I think Ryan did the same thing. He found he had guys on 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 board who were local-ish to that fella and who were going to fit his personality. I'd be like, tell him about his personality. Like, this is the kind of guys that we're looking for. And they made a ton of money that year. And I think everybody was happy. I talked to the shop owner. He was he was stoked, too. So it's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing you got going on, man. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's not just about a body and a place. People think it is, and sometimes it is. I mean, I ain't gonna lie to you. Sometimes you got a dealership, you need 20 guys, you just find 20 guys. I mean, but when you're talking a body shop, it's a whole different dynamic because like there's those people go in there eight to five, they work together, they're really close. Everybody in the shop, the secretary, the everybody's different. In fact, Mike, we won't we won't talk names here, but mm-hmm. guy that was working for you that um wasn't a perfect fit. And he went to another storm and they could not thank him enough. Like, right. And, and it's then, just, it's right. Work out over there mm-hmm. that I swapped him with, came working with you. And it was like, man, this is the perfect fit. Like it's, it's not the person necessarily. It's the, it's the mix of the personality and the shop. And um, we really, I mean, I appreciate the compliment. We got lucky in your storm because mm-hmm. there's a lot of different type of shops at that time of year with a lot of people that are working and, you know what, Michael Glidewell, I don't want to do anything wrong when it comes to hail with you. I'm like, <laughs> with it. I mean, what else we got? And I'm really thankful that it worked out and thankful for you all as well for, you know, for calling me. Well, Brian, you had my respect, man, for especially being on vacation and you're calling me, man, and helping me out. And that's, I, I, did, I did not want to do that. I did not want to call you while you were out with your family and stuff. And you said, Mike, I'm here for you, man. And, and you know, that, that meant a lot because, you know, I was panicking. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, this is not good. <laughs> so, yeah, but yeah. You can be sleeping. It don't matter yeah. what. You're only going to get X amount of calls per year that are going to mm-hmm. create income for you in the hail business. So it could, it's like a doctor on standby. I mean, you have to take that call because you never know when it's going to happen again. And, um, yeah, you, you got me out of the probably having to go hang out at the beach with my wife for a little while anyway. So it was a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <yeah. laughs> but, yeah, like you said, man, uh, you know, moving people around sometimes, like most of the guys fit in perfectly because you did describe them. Uh, one incident, we just had to move a guy to another storm, and you got me another guy. Great. Uh, yeah, I mean, some of the guys and the guys we that worked out great in the storm, my shops couldn't get enough of them, man. They loved them. Uh, you know, I, I put a lot of trust in them. You know, I, I was like, hey, you can call him, let him, you know, get here and do it. But, you know, of course, bill it through us, and everybody gets their piece. But, uh, worked out great, man. It really did. So, yeah, that's a, another big thing too is trust. You know, mm. when 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 I'm sending somebody to someone like you, I need to trust that they're not going to do something stupid, you know. And you need to be able to trust them as the same way. And then you also have to help trust the shops because I mean, there's a lot going on there. Because when the storm's over, that's your account, and when the storm's over, that's my name and it's their name. I think we're at a point now where these hail guys, they know that, Hey, if they're going into somebody else's backyard, um, treat it like it's your own, but know that it's not, you know? Right. I, I mean, I've been more hands off on this college town, Bloomington, Indiana, I'll say it, uh, than I have been in a long time. Uh, normally back in the day, I used to be up there three days a week, you know, I'll stay the night, stay in a hotel two hours, it's two hours from Louisville. So, uh, and this time I'm only up there one day a week and that was before the hailstorm. So, now I'm more hands off, you know, kind of letting the guys, you know, hope it works out. And 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 it, it did. It was great. You know, uh, paperwork stuff, no issues. Uh, worked out good, man. So, well, you back. Where yeah, go? Uh, so so if I if I may interject for a second, um, the the biggest storm that I ever managed myself was when my hometown got hit. Obviously, I have a lot of built-in customers, shops, whatever that I work with. Um, and one thing that I know is I fucking hate running a storm you know what i mean and i have told jeffrey i think he's watching right now jeffrey that if we were to get hailed on on top of my head again yeah i'm capable of running it i've done it a lot but fuck that i'm calling ryan 
and his guys that do this every day. I mean, when it comes down to it, I'm a retail shop. Dealing with hail is not my my expertise anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, and I mean, for what it's worth, I would trust, and and I've and I've planned to trust Ryan if my town were to get hit again. Like, and so I, I don't blame you at all for giving him a buzz. I mean, in the times that we've worked together, it's worked out really well too. Mm-hmm. Right, and it's it's just man. It's a, if you like push like we love to push dents. That's our thing. I, I like to fix big dents. I like to do hail. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I like to be. I like to have a tool in my hands and working. Now, can I put that hat on and be the the manager? Yeah, I've done it before. I've done it several times. Uh, but it, it's every storm's different. They're no, none of them are the same. And for me personally, with Ryan helping me this time, it did free me up quite a bit to be at my retail location where I can handle more business there. And that's what was great. So that's what I'm trying to say. I mean, there's like a quality of life issue, first of all, because if you've never ran a big event, it sucks doing paperwork, dealing with insurance company customers, all this shit. It just sucks whenever you're trying to push whatever you can here and manage personalities and shit. If I can hand that off to somebody else, best believe I'm doing that. Mm -hmm. You know, and also I've got accounts that might not get hailed on that I still got to keep up with or I lose, you know. And it would still be nice to have some people handle all that nonsense. I could still make some money off of my event. And that's, I mean, that correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but that's kind of exactly where you fit in for most people, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if your hometown gets hit, you absolutely, if you can handle it yourself and you probably aren't doing enough. And yeah. I mean, really, if, if I live in a small town, 2,500 people, you know, and we ended up servicing six body shops around here and you'd have never thought these, some of these shops would have had that many cars, but you know, I had to have people come in here. So if you're in even a remotely t- bigger town, 10,000 or 250,000, if you're doing it all, you're, you're not making enough money. And yeah, it, for real. You can, your hands can only fix so many dents. Yep. Right. Exactly. And let's see. What's up, Crystal. I know that's Crystal Ellison. What's up? <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, uh, every storm's different. I mean, you, you none of them are the same. And, uh, I've, I've handled my own for years. I mean, I've always been able to, uh, been, been fortunate, you know, for one area to get hit. So it's not so widespread, but this was the year that it hit all multiple areas that I served. And it was, it was tough, man. It was really tough. Well, and it was a kind of year that I, I saw it coming. We all saw the hail falling over and over and over. And it kept getting more and more. I'm like, man, I'm gonna have to really. So I, I was going out in my group saying, hey, if you need help, hit me up. But if you're looking for work, hit me. I felt like a tender of the hail world, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> and I would turn off the comments too, because yeah. I Michael Glidewell saying, boy, I sure could use some work. And Jim's like, Shit, thirty minutes, because that rolls into my business model. But it also doesn't start arguments in there or somebody else going, he's a hack. Or so in my phone, would, I would have people calling me going, hey, I could use some work in about two weeks. And, I, and I'd write it down on my virtual calendar or yeah. home. And, you know, and it's amazing when you do that, you have dozens and dozens of people calling you looking for work. So when someone calls on July 18th and said, man, I need someone for three weeks. I got a guy for you, you know. Mm-hmm. It was a crazy, but you, I had to be full on. I've never had to be so overprepared as I was this year. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I love this comment from Josh. Josh, you would have done well probably by giving Ryan a call. Yeah. That, that is exactly the situation where, you know, that's, he's going to be your most advantageous. He's got the experience to back it up. And I mean, I mean, you could talk to Glidewell, you could talk to myself. Nothing uh, to happen. How about this guy? 
Chad, I want to thank you, buddy. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> hey, do you remember his nickname? Uh, Dallas Cowboy fan. Oh, we're not talking about that this week, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Dak Prescott? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Jim, football jokes. No, that's all right. Sports <laughs> Woo. Uh, I didn't call. Anyways, Chad Chad was amazing. He worked for me. Ryan sent him to me. He was amazing. Thank you, Chad, man. That body, body shop loved you, man. So, Yeah, Chad's all. Chad lived in Wisconsin and hated the Packers, so he moved to Dallas for multiple reasons, and then the Packers follow him down there and take his team out of the playoffs. Man. Yeah. Well, at least he had a good hill year. <laughs> he had more success than Dak Prescott, that's for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Chad is, Chad is just an amazing – he is the typical, prototypical, perfect person to work mm. Headphones so, on, pushing metal, no complaining. He's the kind of guy that if you came, you didn't know he was working for you. you know? exactly, exactly. Yep. Yep. Shout out to you, Chad Peterson. Yeah. Okay. So enough kissing your ass, Ryan Hampton. Why <laughs> You have absolutely separated yourself from social media and whatnot, haven't you? Not, not social. I'm still out there all the time. I did. so back up a little bit. When when it's a guy named Jeffrey Anthony Joseph. You remember that guy? He I do. added me to a group called Dent World about twelve years ago. Okay. God, has it been that long? Yeah, it was 2011. <laughs> like, what the hell is this? You know, and we had just we moved to Owensville in 2011 out of St. Louis area. So I'm bored out of my mind. And I look in there and I'm like, all right, this is my industry, right? So I start talking, and next thing you know, there's organizations and PDR Nation and Matrixes and MTE, and like there's a there's a world out there that I was never aware of that social media brought to light. And I just dove head first right in. And, and um, man, I'm going to tell you what, the more you put yourself out there, the more people freaking hate you. Ain't that true. I'm sorry. I'm not going to say some of it wasn't deserved. I know I can be an asshole sometimes, short, you know, short, rude, but that comes with the territory also. And um, it kind of reached a boiling point a couple years ago, as you know. And I'm like, you know what? I had added all of these guys, so I deleted every single person that did not live in Owensville or wasn't family, including you guys at some point. Right, that's whatever. Woody, it's all right. Everybody, everybody. I'm like, I'm going to start with my family and, and friends that I know, and then I'm going to work. And people would text me and go, dude, what the fuck, man? You, my bad. And I'd add them. You know, one at a time, if somebody said, hey, man, Really? Like, I don't know, Michael, you probably didn't, but I looked before we got on, Jim and I are friends on Facebook. But <laughs> it had nothing to do with you. It was the it was a realization that if you combine too much of social media with your your family and friends and your work, it's a bad combination. It's a really bad combination. Your family gets drug into stuff and it's just not worth it. So um, yeah, I didn't get out of social media. I just left the groups and I don't have 3000 PDR friends on my Facebook account anymore. Dude, I support it. I got a new phone. I don't know, a year back or something, maybe less. Fuck. It all yep. runs together now. And it didn't have Facebook downloaded on it whenever I set it up. And yep. I just left it off for three months. And I was what? like, that was the nicest the two or three months that I've had in a long wow. time. Yeah. Fortunately, yep. everybody's business kind of revolves around social media now. So I had to at some point buck up and get back on, but the Jim, I can't, I can't believe you traded the flip phone in. Damn. Well, I mean, it was. <laughs> <time>. <laughs> <laughs> no, 
No, well, that's awesome, man. Yeah. Funny, social media can can take up your time. And um, people like myself, when I say that, like OCD always kept to have something to do. Mm-hmm. I found I had to do something with my time. So, of course, I started working out, did all that for a while. Yep. But not as much because I hurt my back, unfortunately. But I still work out two or three times a week. Mm-hmm. But I also got into some old hobbies, you know, broke out my old sports card collection from the 90s. And I probably, this is not a humble brag, though, but I will probably make more money this year off of my sports card business than I will hail. Wow. Because I'm just, I just go full in, you know, I'm, I'm all the way in. And, um, but that was because I got off Facebook. So because Facebook for people like me, is becomes um an obsession you're always there it's just it's something to go to when you're bored yeah yeah i mean it's it's an energy drag too i mean whenever you have people like i got people to say negative shit about me too and i used to respond to every fucking one of them you know and i used to try to defend myself to all these people or tell them they're stupid or whatever no man so i had to learn to separate myself from that somebody's got something stupid to say they're just gonna say something stupid right and giving it any energy, yeah, just not worth it. Like, I have I have really scaled back social media. Uh, I used I was pretty strong on it, you know, several years ago. And uh, no, I've I've really I've kind of took a break, man. I mean, I I'll be honest with you, my guilty pleasure now is TikTok. But that's just oh, so I had TikTok for scrolling, all of scrolling, scrolling. <laughs> yeah. I had TikTok for like four hours one day because everybody's begging me to get on TikTok and do PDR stuff with it. Man, I saw chicks dancing for three hours. <laughs> But the thing is, I watched it for three fucking it's your, hours. It's your like, algorithm, bro. Dude, well, I mean, I had just started. Apparently, they think that that's what I like. Well, mm. it's just not that I don't like it. But that is a huge waste of time for three hours. I was like, I don't it need is. more. It's a time suck, man. That's what I, I don't need time more suck. time suck in my life. So yeah. I deleted it that night. Instagram, I, I don't really, I don't really, I, I use it for our RWO. Like, I'll do a promotion on it. But I don't, I really don't get on it at all. Uh, Facebook, man, I've really distanced myself from it. I, I get on a scroll, look at some stuff. I actually hired a company pushing PDR. Shout out to them. They're going to start doing my social media for, for the Southern Indiana dent. I'm going to give them a shot and let them do it. Cause I just don't have time full with it, man. Yeah. You know, so social media also, if we go back to that same time frame, 10, 12 years ago, it served a fantastic purpose. It connected everybody, you know, it really brought a lot of people together and a lot of, um, a lot of groups and clubs and, and companies uh, were born from that. Like Dent Trainer, you know, Mike and those guys got together to PR Nation. Naptart got a lot more. Naptart was already there, but people started hearing about it. You know, all of the podcasts, everything kind of came from that. But I think it, it social media for PDR was at its best in its infancy because it created communication for everybody. Everybody got to know each other. And then everybody started more people going to MTE and those relationships intertwined. It got stronger. And then after that, it's kind of like, now what? And then it started to get boring and then the fighting and the knickknack. And so once it reached that point, I think what it should have been a time to kind of slowly back out. Um, but like this year's a perfect example, even though you said I'm not on and I'm not, um, I, it was the strongest failure that I can remember, and I didn't have a problem finding people for for everybody. Yeah. So, yeah, still remember your name. I right. will say, just in my own defense, Real World PDR Techs, that group uh, that we created around Real World, uh, we moderate it and at, we keep it very positive. It's a yeah. good place to be. Yeah, we don't is. allow any nonsense. I just don't feel like there's enough of that. Like if somebody's acting a fool, we just get rid of them. I mean, mm-hmm. there's 
eight thousand other fucking people. Like we don't need right. One well, that's, and that's. I mean, not that it's not we, Michael. You all invited me, but I mean, I know how you guys are. You guys are the real deal, and and same with Brandon and Andy. You know, like those those kind of people all day long. You hang out with, and you and you you know familiarize yourself with them, and you get to know them, and you, you those are the people you hang out with. It's the it's the other side of the hate and just the. You stay away from it. So right, it used to be really bad. Like I was terrified ten years ago to go into a, the dent tech cell group or something <laughs> and say some some stupid shit in there. You know, I just I was like, yeah, I'm gonna stay work or whatever. I mean, you're yeah, proud yeah. of something. Maybe you're starting out. There yeah. might be some flaws. People flame you for no fucking reason. Yeah, people that care what people think about them. Yeah. And there's a lot of us out there. It's a really bad place because you spend your time defending yourself, like Jim said earlier. And um, you can say what you want. Stop caring what people think about you. But sometimes you just can't. You just, you just, that's not how you're wired. So it can be a bad place too. But overall, I think it's come to the point. I still poke around and pay attention to see what's going on. I think it's a lot of it has calmed down over the years. Yeah, it has. Oh, for sure. I totally agree (laughs) with that. Right now. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I mean, I mainly like, honestly, nowadays, like I'm the real world fan page. That's pretty much the only dent group I really, get involved with posting anything i didn't start a real world order group because we just use basically use real world fan page for yeah. our platform so and as long as you keep it positive and i i mean yeah i still watch uh everybody else's podcast i might not stay for the whole thing but i'll sit and watch laugh with you guys or whatever oh, absolutely yeah but yeah i mean i keep it very focused very focused on mm-hmm. shit that i i care about and then whatever and if i find some sweet chili sauce i'll buy that on facebook too which <laughs> Right. <laughs> but anyway, anyway, I'm just, hey, uh, I'm just happy for you because I know that you were fighting every day, fighting to defend your name on Facebook for, for nothing at all. And, and and there was a point where everything was successful for you. It was going well. You'd helped a lot of people. And I was just like, fucking why? Here's, here's the thing. If, if, if you go into the store tomorrow and some lady says you tried to look up her skirt, right? Hmm. And you got video proof that you were over shopping in the soup aisle at the time you didn't do it right but as soon as she says that it sticks people wonder why was why was johnny looking up sarah's skirt in the vegetable aisle or you <laughs> when, people, when people make absolutely insane accusations that don't even make sense they start to say well why would they say that and then it just snowball because it's facebook you know yeah. so things like well you know he's a vegetarian i mean i'm just giving stupid examples because i because none of it really i don't even have a real one that Compare it to because there is nothing that I can think of that made any sense. It was the yeah. dumb, like that was driving me at one point. It's like, mm-hmm. where did he come up with this shit at? Yeah. Well, yeah. I was talking. I was actually James Bernard was in my shop today, and we were talking about you know I I don't think we're friends on Facebook anymore because the reasons that you said. I was like yep. I don't see him. I don't see him uh, having to have arguments anymore. I'm happy for him. Like yeah. I think that that's awesome. You spend all your time trying to do the right thing. You don't yeah. always do the right thing, but you 100 percent your intent is. And um, I left that and I re, you know, realigned my life with my family and friends, like I said. And then I, what happened there, it's kind of, it just kind of became, I became a, um, a small town guy. I got more, you know, okay, now what can I do with my time? Of course, I sports card collection. And of course, I'm helping guys on hail and I'm still fixing dents. And um, I started coaching volleyball. I started coaching football, you know, and, you know, the, the local volleyball lady reached out to me at a, at a um, game this year and came up to me and said, Hey, we want you to coach sixth grade football or sixth grade volleyball this year. 
And I'm like, I mean, to me, it's like, cool. Yeah. It's okay. But when I leave as a 55 year old guy, I'm not going to say I kind of got emotional about it, but that shit matters to me when people in your community know who you are and they respect you enough to ask you when there's going to be 24 parents they could have asked instead on that team. Like, right. Great. Right. So they, I still try to do what's right at all times, but I'm just not focusing all of my energy and I'm doing it with my friends and family. So, but right. I don't get me wrong. I'm still in the hail business. I'm just mm -hmm. doing, not spending my spare time on Facebook. Man, we had a, me and James Bernard had a conversation about that today mm -hmm. too about refocusing. So I made a video like three or four years ago. It was all like, oh, you got to grind. You got to work. You got to do all this fucking shit. Blah, blah, blah. But then I had a heart attack a couple years ago. Heard that. And, and yeah, and that changed everything. It was like, no, I'm going to spend time doing shit with my kids. I'm going to I'm gonna create a better relationship with my wife. I'm going to do this stuff and focus on what's important. So it's cool that you're doing that, man. Yeah, yeah. It's absolutely. Hands down. Uh, if I could go back in time, and do my whole life over again i would i would have i would have still joined the military i would have still done all that but i would have come back and i would have probably looked into becoming some sort of a a middle school teacher i don't high school just too much drama mm -hmm. um elementary school you got boogers and diapers and shit still but middle school kids are the ones that really are going to, and maybe i'm just saying that because that's when i started to do all this with my daughter in sixth grade and, and understanding that age group um Maybe as she grows through high school, I'll change my mind on that. But you'd be surprised how many people <coughs> would enjoy doing that. Like just teaching, mentoring, and just being a part of something other than yourself. It's not all about the dollar. Like Right, right. I volunteer coach last year. And, and the, the best part about that is they don't know my history. They don't know all the shit that I've done in this business. Like all been all over the world and you know they look at me as some old guy on the field that really doesn't know what the hell he's doing he's just kind of helping out and i love that man, yeah, man. oh yeah that's the best man <laughs> the other coach is like who's that guy it's some old dude that volunteered i i, I dig the shit out of that yeah. <laughs> you know ryan it, it's funny having you on i have like notes next to me and coaching football i wanted you to talk about and i'm glad you brought all that up man yeah. Because uh, you seem like you really enjoy that, and that's I can tell by your Facebook post from yes, you know you're, you're taking pictures of, the, of Friday night lights and the yep. games and stuff. Man, I will tell you what, I coached, uh, I, I, I've stepped in, I coached like uh, elementary school basketball one time. I, it was it was it was more of a league, and I was the asked to step in for one game because the uh, coach couldn't make it. Right. And uh, I tell you what, man, that was the that was like the most. I mean, I can't even describe the feeling I had that day, man. I showed up in a suit. Everybody else shows up in, in sweatpants. I said, you know what? I'm coming John Calipari, baby. I came in with a suit and uh coached them kids, man. I was I was on the sideline getting, you know, telling, you know, helping them out, and it was fun, man. Yeah, no, it's it's something else. I coached sixth grade as an assistant coach for one year, and then that group went up to seventh grade, and I coached the sixth grade team the year after that as the head coach with some other people and then parents and you know all that kind of you know me it's just it's drama i just kind of stepped aside and then i thought you know what i asked the people at the high school level i wanted to help out this year now my my understanding of football let me put it this way you can put any game on and i mean any freaking game at all in, in nfl and i can tell you the tight end I, I know, I mean, I do all their cards. I know every player. I know what they're probably going to do, what they're going to run. I don't know why they do it or how they call it, right? The, the X's and O's, 
that even today, after coaching high school level for a year, and I wouldn't call much so much call it coaching as it is just being a a participant coach and kind of pitching in when I can, because they're they're years ahead of me in understanding the game of football. They just, but I still players are struggling on the sidelines. You talk to them, hey man, keep your head up, shit like that. Like, like that's what I bring to the table as much as I can. But you also can't coddle them because they need to know if they screwed up. You're gonna, you know, so. I'm learning, but I'll tell you what, I, I want to continue doing it for sure. I mm-hmm. really continue doing it. Yep. Good comment there. Mentoring. That's what yep. it's about, baby. Uh, it's, you know, yep. helping, helping the kids out, show them the way. Yep. My, my middle school daughter, Zoe, uh, she's in seventh grade. She plays volleyball. And her first year of volleyball, I didn't know shit about volleyball. So I basically turned into like the 6'2, 270 pound cheerleader who <laughs> just shagging all the straight balls, balls and shit. But yeah, man, it's so much fun. Yes, sports is awesome. Thank you, Dave White. Yeah, it's, it is. I never in a million years thought I'd be a volleyball fan until my daughter discovered that she loved it, and now, dude, it's so cool, isn't it? Now I'm talking rotations and transitions, and you know, it's just amazing. <laughs> oh, it's so much fun for me seeing them progress from not being able to serve over the net to save their life to like that ball zipping around, taking somebody's head off. It's fun, man. Yeah, there's the players. They if they get an ace on a serve, the players yell ace, and then the players in the bench yell ace, and then me and a handful of select parents will just yell ace too, and the kids just get the biggest kick out of it. And yeah. like old men in the stands. So yeah. Cool. oh yeah, oh yeah. A uh, friend of mine's uh, daughter, uh, I've known her since she was like nine. She got a college scholarship, and she's in college playing volleyball this year. That's so, right. Congratulations! Yeah, you, UK was looking at her. She went. I can't remember. She went to a college in IU in Indiana, but yeah. So, uh, Ryan, if you're into volleyball kind of deep, have you heard of Shacoin something or other? No. Olympian? Oh, well, shit. She lives two houses that way. She's an Olympian volleyball player. All right. I'm waiting to tap into that one for Zoe to get a little bit better. Like, let's make a little Olympian out of this one. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Get some of that knowledge, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's an amazing sport, and the kids just – it's just fun. I mean <laughs> – it's something I would mean, never in a million years thought I'd be a volleyball. Like I don't watch, I watch college basketball religiously. Kentucky, like John yeah. back from the, you know, the touch of the, <laughs> and all those boys. Was it 90, 91, <clears throat> 93 when they went to Philly against Duke? Like, yeah, baby. I was, I was watching <laughs> Woods with the layup. And then Chris is like, we won't talk about that. Nah, screw that, that was, shit. <laughs> Anyways, I love college basketball. I love Kentucky. I cannot watch NBA basketball to save my life unless it was old free clips of Michael Jordan. Um, yeah, I'll wait to the playoffs and then I might somewhat watch it. <laughs> I would probably watch it. So, but yeah, good stuff. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. Where do you have cigars, by the way, I always wondered do you have like the real deal cigars, Michael? The real deals? Like, what do you mean? I know you got like, I don't smoke cigars, but I know that's the thing. You're that and whiskey, like, I'll, oh yeah, I'll I'll bring you a few to MTE, man. How about that? You are coming, right? I'm gonna try to. Okay, okay. Well, if you do, I'll bring some. Yeah, man. I've I mean, I hang out. I got it. Like I said, I've mentioned it a thousand times on the show. I have a little cigar place that I hang out at. Okay. And uh, great networking, met some great people. But yeah, I've been to Cuba, man. I went to Cuba uh, to start the year out, so that was that was cool. So. And there's no way that you smuggled a bunch of cigars. Fifteen. Oh. Wow, wow, admitting to your crimes on the internet. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Have I taught you nothing? The man, the man at the at the Miami uh airport said, uh, did you bring any tobacco or alcohol? I said, Nope, 
nope, nope. I lied. I lied. I lied. <laughs> I, don't, I mean, I don't understand why something like that would. I mean, I know, but it's just the trade bullshit. Yeah, uh, you know, if you're if you live in Europe or Asia, you can easily bring back stuff. So, well, but, that's, uh, let me. So, Glidewell, yeah, yeah, Hampton, what the fuck is the difference between like a cigar made rolled in Cuba and anywhere else? Well, okay, I'll tell you. So. Cuban cigars are just hard to get because yeah. we can't get we can't import them in from Cuba. Are they the best cigars? Eh, that's argument. It's uh, just the scarcity model. I like Nicaraguan. I like Dominican. Uh, they're a little bit darker. So Cuba cigars are more mild, medium cigars. Okay. So, but it, but they are fantastic. Uh, I actually went to the Rabano Tobacco Farm, and you are like, what? That is actually where Cohiba, which is one of the top brands, gets their tobacco from. When I saw the process, I couldn't believe like how in depth it is. Like they, they and they, Cuba has to sell the tobacco to the government, and the government can sell it at that point. So that's how they get their hand in it. So, you know who missed a perfect opportunity to launch their own cigar brand? Who? Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> what was that? that? Monica Lewinsky. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that was right there. Right. That was a- she started the presidential cigar brand and just absolutely crushed it. Right. I mean, what's she gonna dip that wrapper in though? I don't know. So, so let me admit, bring bring. Oh, go ahead. I mean to kill that flow. No, John John Vadine and Jack Bucknell came to my hometown last week, and they kept me out late every night. And we went to Match Cigar Bar every night. And like, boys, I go to bed at like nine, 10 o'clock. You know, I'm not a, a night owl. And I was out to like 1 a.m. with them guys. And we smoked cigars and, you know, I showed them Louisville and all that stuff. But yeah, you know, that's that's what cigars bring people together, man. I do believe in tobacco, even though I don't like cigarettes. So I'm anti-cigarette, but <laughs> yeah, cigars bring people together. You know, isn't it funny how people quit smoking? I, mean, I know. I had this conversation with Brad today. So there's commercials out now that says it's a smoking commercial and, and it doesn't even say quit smoking for your health. Like you don't even hear, you don't see commercials for, um, uh, what's that patch called? You know, that cigarette. Yeah. You see that anymore. What, what you see is this commercial for the, the lung scan saying you've done the hard part and quit smoking comma now go get checked for lung cancer since you smoked all those years it's almost like the whole world for the most part you just don't see it as much yeah right yeah that's i was talking to a friend they said he hadn't smoked in seven years uh proud of you man that's great you know i quit smoking and just replace it with a vape i'm not sure it's any better but i know that cigarettes will kill me yeah i'm sure I'm sure nicotine it probably affects your blood and and stuff, but the smoke itself is so so bad. Uh, yeah, why don't you have a cool background like Michael Glidewell? Well, I used to, but then he's got I can't a skull. over this damned house, and now I'm stuck in my regular old office, Woody. He's got a skull. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a cool background. I got like a half crappy brick in the back. It's actually paneling. Same I, Woody, I just hung this shit up. Like, just now, hung this up. Or else it would have just been like a, a wall. Yeah, no, I know. I'm slacking on my background game. But whatever, man. Well, he had a he had Thanksgiving wreath up there. Let's be clear here. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So check this out. And I used to, in my office at work, I used to have a life-size cutout of Woody. 
Yeah, you did. I remember. So, that. I was like, "That's gay." That would have been a very small cutout. <laughs> this, this is what was hanging before this made it up there. Like, yeah, Chris, Chris was over, Jim. Chris was. I saw the background. I was like, "Nope, not doing that <laughs> shit anymore." All right, guys. Uh, well, anyways, enough talk about Jim's background. Yeah, guys, we got like 15 minutes left. No, oh, Woody says he's disappointed. Oh, whatever, Woody. Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> anyways, guys, uh, MT- let's get MTE in real quick. MTE is coming up. It's like two weeks away. Are you boys going? I am. Thanks to my wife who plans ahead for shit. I will be there. Uh, you know, guys in the past know that I will buy my 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 ticket the day before and kind of decide the day before if I'm going to go. But she's planned ahead, so I'll be there, guys. <laughs> Probably be at the Dent. Wait, is Dentmate having a booth this year? Oh, absolutely. We'll be there. Oh, we'll yeah. be at the Dentmate booth and we'll be at Anson. Probably splitting yeah. our time between them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Either one. Either one. Yeah. So, absolutely. so if you want to come shake hands, say what's up, please see me at either one of those. You'll find absolutely. me. Absolutely. Uh, RWO PDR podcast will be Saturday, 12 o'clock. Uh, normally, when we do the, the radio row, if you want to just walk by and you see, jump on the show, man, if we got a seat open. So, oh, yeah. Very cool. Ryan? And- Oh, Woody said you booked yours today. That's great. I mentioned earlier, Woody literally called me today out of the blue and said, are you going? And I didn't even know what, I mean, I knew it was coming up. I thought it was later on in February. But um, I honestly just haven't decided. I just got a lot going on. We got volleyball tryouts. We got my daughter has club volleyball for, you know, there's just a ton going on. Um, And, uh, but yeah, I mean. I'm going to be perfectly honest and I'm not blowing smoke up your ass sitting here talking to you guys. I've kind of felt like it's perma grin on my face. I, I kind of <laughs> talking just, you know, just getting out of the house a little bit. I don't get out of the house much here. I work a lot here and, um, you know, it could be. Oh, you cut out. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to MTE 2024. I actually think it's probably gonna be, the, I mean, we say this every year, but with the, the kind of year everyone had, I think it's gonna be the biggest show ever. I, I think really do. I think it's going to be pretty massive, mm-hmm. especially this new venue. And I, I have not been to this place, but I've heard it's five star, fantastic. The game. Oh, it's not the same place that they were in Orlando before. No, this is the new. This is the place that got canceled in twenty one for COVID. Uh, it's the Gaylord. I think they're going to have it. it I, I, don't quote me on this. I think they're going to have it the next two years, this year and and the next year. Okay. okay. Sheldon's running it now, right? What's what that? Sheldon, he's running it. Yeah, Sheldon K. Yep, absolutely. I know Kevin Halewood. How's he doing? Is he doing okay? Far as I know, Randy Hobson sent me a message and said that he had a heart transplant and it went successful and he is doing great. Yeah. And and Kara, his daughter, uh, I follow her on Facebook as well, and she posted that he was doing as well as also also. So I knew he donated his big uh, cause charity was the Larry King Foundation for the heart um, issues. So I'll be darned. I knew. All right. Well, I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, he. Yeah. Be- we wish him nothing but the best. He's a hell of yeah. a guy. I actually had what was this actually ties in with Woody. What we later found out was an anxiety attack, just a really bad panic attack at MTE one year, and he was the first guy to come up and just start checking on me. Are you okay? Talking with me and everything till the fire truck got there, and then Woody he had the tricks to get me out of that shit. So thanks, Woody. But Kevin's a hell of a dude, man. I almost ran into him leaving MTE last year. Uh, rental cars almost collided, but it was all good. It was just a little brake check. No yeah. big deal. <laughs> no, I'm glad he's okay, man. I, I've had many a talks with, with Kevin Howwood, man. He's awesome. So Yeah, that's his baby. He started a thing a long time ago, and mm-hmm. I know 
like I said, I know Sheldon's running it, but he's always still there. I mean, you can't walk away from somebody. That's his baby. That's right. He's done a hell of a job, man. And uh, Kevin, we wish you the best, man. We uh, yep. hope your health is is better and you're doing well. And you know, hopefully, we'll see you. So, be awesome. Yep. So, hey guys, listen. Uh, I'll see you guys. I'll be at, at, at MTE. I'm coming in on Wednesday. I plan on being there till Sunday, like I guess everybody else. But uh, last year I did a week, but this year I'm have to cut it short because of work. Uh, but yeah, any any tools or anything you guys excited about or you know? Um. I need a new hood stand. I finally broke my fucking carbon tech. You did? Yeah. How do you break carbon fiber? Well, it was my own dumbass fault. I Mm. was pissy at my receptionist, who is also my wife, and I jammed it. I just, like, shoved it real hard, and I snapped the the carbon fiber piece on one of the supports on the side. Oh, shit, man. Now, what was that? Nothing. I was going to say, I actually bought, I, I, all right, I'll tell my, go ahead, Jim. I'm sorry. I'll, I'll tell my carbon tech story. Oh, no, no. I know that I can get a hold of yeah. carbon tech. I can get a hold of Todd and he mm-hmm. would send me that. But man, I have beat the shit out of that thing for like six <laughs> years. It's time. It's, it's time. So I bought, I have an old one. I have the, the original. I mean, I didn't know they changed a little bit, but I have the original one and I bought the tabletop. Go to put the tabletop on. It don't fit. I'm like, what the fuck? So I texted Todd, and Todd was super helpful. And he he said, Mike, you probably have uh, one of the original designs. So I he I was like, he's like, man, if you want to send it back, no big deal. I was like, no, nah, I really want this tabletop. Yeah, mm-hmm. I've had a good year, so I went ahead and bought another Carbon Tech table. So now yeah. I have two of them. Yeah, I've got the two MB1 straps on it mm-hmm. and stuff. Uh, um, brackets. Knock them out doors, hoods, whatever. They don't fucking move. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Jeff, I see your comment. That's what happened. I wasn't proud of that. <laughs> Jeff Larson works for Jim, if you guys don't know. And he's neat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. But anyways, I, I don't, I mean, I've bought so many new tools this year. I have just ordered Bonnie and Tim from PDR Finesse came by here tw- uh, twice this year. Uh, I mean, I've said, I've ran into Chris at uh, Andy Patrick's uh, uh, charity event he had. And, you know, it, Hopefully, I'll, I mean, I'll, I'll definitely have some shopping time when I walk around, but I uh, can't wait to see some new stuff, man. Uh, love the Cam Auto booth, Anson, A1, I mean, all those guys. So I'm sure they'll all have some new stuff out and great things to buy. So cool. Yeah, yeah. one thing that I want, I need is, is it's going to be very simple is more cold glue, different types of different. Uh, I'll tell you what, John Yeager come up here and worked with me for a while this year, and, and, and Josh Helton as well, and they both used the crap out of that. So I'm like, I mean, I, it's been around for a while, but like, it's just, I bought some, bought a tip. I went up to uh, Hummert's tech meetup in St. Louis and saw mm-hmm. the trucks up there and saw Chris Howe up there and Bonnie as well and, and bought some glue with a tip on it. And um, for the first time, I actually tried cold glue. I mean, because I know it's so easy to put a glue tab and just move on. You know, we've done it for so long, mm-hmm. but holy crap, you can literally pull it to where it's out a little high on the right size dense. Yep. And 10 of them in less than a minute and then you're just tapping down and that whole section is done without it's a we did roofs like that from behind in the ribs like there's seven or eight small dents you're you're down to one dent to push it's amazing so i'm gonna look into that a little bit more um yeah the the cold glue was amazing it's changed it's changed the way i do rails now i mean obviously it's changed a lot of guys ways but uh yeah it's uh i, I kind of went with i got the r9 from a1 
I've okay. uh, been playing with that. It's the from Dent Slayer Snaps. Uh, use Sergio's blue glue on that. And uh, also, like, I, I like Glexo, too. Like, I use Glexo stuff. Uh, I, I kind of bought everybody's. Uh, bought, I did buy the Dent Slayer, the screw-on tip one from A1. Bought that as well. I, I, it's it's cool, man. I like it. So, I don't I don't know. Know. And I know cold glue does not work well when it's really cold out. Yeah. It does not. Yeah. Uh, I, I put... We had some heaters in the shop today, and I took my Sergio glue and just kind of put it up next to a, a propane heater and got it nice and warm. And then I used. Well, it. I've been doing some hail cars around here still, and what I do is when I when I, I bought the whole the the, the pack out box, John Year got me turned onto that, and and I just take my cold glue. It's in the little package. I got another Ziploc baggie, right? It, when I come home, I bring in my cell phone, my keys, my wallet, and my cold glue, and I just stick it on my dresser. Mm-hmm. And, even in the morning, I put it in my pocket. It's in my truck. So when I get to the shop, my cold glue is room temperature. Because um, I walked into the shop one day with cold glue, and it was it was brittle. Yeah. It was, and if you try to heat it up, it just starts sizzling almost. Jim, what's your what's your favorite go to cold glue? Well, I don't even want to. I don't even want to call it because I was such a late uh, adapter of cold glue. I kind of oh, guess like, grumpy old man of PDR. Fuck, I already know. Yeah. So loophole like he was talking. Um, so you know, it wasn't until last. This last year, maybe that I really started using it. And I've been a fan of my original ass Glexo. It's good. I like Glexo. Yeah. I I am to try, and we just gave some away on our giveaway um, the sticky gum glue that Ken uh, uh, Metal Medic's selling. Have not tried that yet, but I will. I'll give them to you. I'm hearing nothing but great shit about it, but I had two packages in my hand, but I had to give them away. That was the, that was the deal. So I'll pick some of that up at MT and try it out too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Just like the power PDR box, huh, Jim? Yeah, Woody, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have one of those. Yeah, and another one that Woody had to convince me to use. Like You have to have one if you do. Like, stretch metal, hail on the roofs. One I, roof will pay for it. If I need a power PDR box, I'm in the wrong storm, dude. <laughs> 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 the wrong storm, brother. Good point, good point. Well, guys, MTE 2024 is around the corner. We will definitely have our show, and we'll talk about some stuff, and then we'll probably have an after show next month in February. So uh, hopefully, hope to see everyone there. I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, so, well, guys. Before, we're before getting- you go too far, I just want to say I really appreciate you guys reaching out to me this year and working with me and calling me. Um, I know it was a really busy year for us and Jim and you and I messaged last week about how I, you know, I apologize for not staying more in contact with you, but it was one of those years. It was so busy. It's almost, you know, like I said with Chad, if you're not paying him, we don't know he's working with you. And it was kind of my relationship with you this year. We didn't talk a ton, but I just knew things were going good, but I did want to say, I really appreciate Cause I know, you know, a ton of people and the fact that you, you know, uh, worked with me really much to me, both of you. Oh, absolutely, Ryan. I mean, I, do it again. I didn't work with you this year, but I'd do it again in a heartbeat for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, man, I can, I can only say, Ryan, I'm not going to kiss your butt here, but uh, I could say how easily you were to work with and transparent and uh, you did, you helped us to get through a tough time, you know, when that storm hit and uh, I appreciate you brother. And we will be calling you again when we get okay. something else. So members of real world PDR who are watching, if you don't know how to get a hold of Ryan directly, Get a hold of me and I'll hook you up with the guy. Uh, so, you know, a lot of you guys that are that are logged on to real, we got a lot of experienced techs too, but a lot of you guys are newer techs and you're going to be overwhelmed. Guarantee it. Whenever yeah. your first hailstorm hits on your town, 
And Ryan is the guy to get a hold of. He'll get you squared away and he'll make sure that you can make money and not miss out on the opportunity. And Brian, or Brian, I'm sorry, for, again, as we elaborate what Jim's saying, tell our listeners who don't know you or it's tell them the name of your company. And Yeah, I'm, it's the hail company. I mean, it's, it's, that's literally what it is. I mean, it's all we do is hail. And um, when I say we right now, it's just me and hopefully it stays that way. Mm-hmm. Stay small and keep it all. And, and, you know, you just, it just works out good. My wife helps me a ton, but um, basically if somebody in a local town gets hit, they, they have a couple things I suggest they do. Number one, see if they can handle it. And if they can try to get more um, and be prepared ahead of time, give me a call ahead of time. And I also say this to anybody that doesn't know me, I'd say 60 to 80% of the people that call me for help, I'll probably help them out with some, a name or two. And they don't really need my help. Or if they're, if they're making money, if I'm making money with them, there's a need for multiple texts and potentially a revolving door of text that I, you know, it probably it makes sense for me to be involved. Um, but if it's just somebody that says, Hey man, I got, you know, a detail shop, I'm doing some PDR. I need somebody to help me, you know, hey, call Jim. He lives right down the road or call. Right. So it's not a money grab. It's literally, I want to, I want to, I want to have you to the table, but um, if you want to reach out to me just to talk about your situation ahead of time and you know, give you some advice on how to prepare for when it gets there and, you know, maybe expand your, uh, opportunities by going to visit some people outside your work zone there's a lot of things you can do to make money in halo rather than just servicing what you already have right and anybody needs to get a hold of me as well if you need ryan's contact info hit me up i will take care of that you can hit me up on messenger or whatever dent king one at yahoo uh that's my email and if you want to hit me up we'll i'll get you ryan's contact info it's it's good to be prepared for 2024 uh could be a year like we had this year you never know so, uh, Gladwell, yeah. get that Woody Cost comment off the screen. I'm sick uh, of Oh, God. Hey, Woody really? Cost. No, you got an hour, but I have a question for you yeah. all. It yeah. come up a lot. So, one of the craziest years on record, right? And, and I've been telling people next year is going to be hard to duplicate that because every year it hails in a town, you know, there's a body man or two that leaves his body shop and chases hail, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have a local guy that does door dings at their dealership, they basically the hail money, they become on the hail trail, right? And then the new local guy that was working at the body shop starts doing the retail work, takes his accounts, and then the, the retail guy goes and chases hail. Well, this year it's exponential, meaning there's so much hail everywhere. There's gonna, there's no way there's not going to be another massive influx of techs in the industry this year. At the same time, the year ended, everybody made it through okay, right? We made it with what we have in this industry. It's going to take more hail next year to do the same thing that it did this year. And I've just been saying, I don't think that's going to happen. And I've been talking to some people um, that say that's not the truth. Like this trend in this hail is going to continue for two or three years. So I hope hope they're right. You're wrong. Well, I, I, (laughs) regardless, if the hail does it, I was speaking from the point of, not knowing the science behind what the hail seasons are going to look like. I'm just saying, if you're going to have this much hail and you're going to make it through barely, then next year you're going to need this much. And there's, mm. it's going to be like that for a couple more years. So get ready for it. Yeah, be ready, man. It's be, Being prepared is the best thing you can do for yourself. It will cost you money if you don't. So It will. Yep. Well, guys, uh, it's time for Jim's favorite part of the show. It's time for nothing PDR related at all. It's time for five stupid ass questions. <laughs> Ryan, you are an expert at this because you did this on episode 25. Welcome to episode 65. 
<laughs> so uh, you guys ready for five stupid questions? Always. Yes. All right. All right. We're going to start. I'll tell you what. We're going to do it differently now, Jim. Because okay. I've had time to look at the question. I've already got an answer in my head. I'm okay. going to say the question. I'm not going to point out. You, you answer this. We'll just say the question. Everybody gets a minute to think, and then we'll give our answer. So, all right. Question one. What is the weirdest thing you've ever seen in someone's home? Oh, boy. Just take yeah. a minute. And then I'll answer if you want, because I've had time to think. Okay. I'll go. The weirdest thing I've ever seen in someone's home is I saw a katana blade on the wall with Randy Jackson's signature on it. True story. Oh, that's fucking weird. That's fucking weird. I should take a picture of it. <laughs> no, hold on. Isn't that stepbrother? Yeah, but no, I really saw it though. <laughs> it was only I didn't get that from stepbrothers. I mean, I I was kind of surprised. Like, well, that's cool. Well, okay, it's not that cool, but uh, I, I've got an answer. It's not that weird, but so there's a whole story behind it. I locked my when I was I was in high school. I locked myself out of the house, and it was winter, just like this. It was cold as shit because I was letting my dog out. So I had to, and I'm in like a short sleeve and like a tank top, just because I'm a stupid fucking teenager, right? So I had to go, and I only have one neighbor. It's this older couple across the road because we lived out in the sticks. And I'm like, hey, can I use your phone? And they're real hesitant to let me in. I'm like, I'm freezing to death out here. Let me the fuck in. Like, what's going on? And so go in there, and there's a hot tub in their living room, which is weird. <laughs> That's and I'm sitting on the side of the hot tub using the phone, and I look up, and there's a mirror over these, like, old folks' hot tub in the middle of their living room so of course, of course there was there all these oldies are into some freaky ass shit that's all i know like and it was going and they literally had sheep like they're sheep herder oldies and also doing freaky ass shit in the middle of their living room in their house wow so that was the most jarring thing maybe not the weirdest but definitely the most jarring thing for my young teenage mind mm. right about you buddy Man, I, only thing i could think of is kind of stupid but it's just can't think of much when we were house shopping <laughs> 10 or 12 years ago um we went into this family's home and it was a freaking nice house you know respectable people and um clean clean house like like you would see almost like a like a display home right mm -hmm. and going through the rooms one at a time and, and we go into the, the master bedroom and then master closet and all that and then there's like a secondary closet kind of because the roofs kind of go down like this you know like a and Dana opens the door up and dude, they stuffed fucking 300 VHS pornos in there. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, I don't show them. 70s Bush, man. <laughs> Maybe they collected them. I don't know. Cause it could have been at this point, DVDs were out and you know, whatever. But I was like, I remember looking at Dana going, this is, let's just not say, let's close that door. Just close it. <laughs> We're not talking about this room. So yeah. I was judging, but it was completely I did not expect it in that house. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I could probably talk about this on for a whole hour of things I've seen, but yeah. So yeah, those were interesting, man, for sure. James talking about. Don't let Joey out. <laughs> okay. Just laughing at Jim, I think. Okay, well, guys. Yeah, he's got a hot tub. He's thinking about putting a mirror above, above it right now. You That's should. What... I mean, why wouldn't you? Yeah, I mean, listen, I like, I like <laughs> weird as much as anybody else, but I just yeah. didn't expect it from that family. Right. That's the shocker of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, guys. Question two. 
What is your favorite ice cream flavor? Easy question. Chocolate. Chocolate for Ryan. How about yep. you, Jim. Um, the one from Cold Stone, peanut butter, something or other. Fuck, but it's I not love really peanut good. butter, man. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, anything peanut butter in it. Um, I like what Ben and Jerry's Netflix chilling or something. I like that. But stuff. We'll say if I'm on the rare occasion that I go and get ice cream, um, Ben and Jerry's uh, Cherry Garcia. Is oh the- yeah, yeah, that's a good one. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Okay, easy question. Let's see. Let's go to three. Okay. So, have you ever climbed out of a window so you wouldn't get caught? And why? Mm. Or tell us a story about it. Yeah, I can start this one. Absolutely. Uh, But again, I was a teenager. I'm not shocker. (laughs) I was was a teenager and I was uh, dating this girl who was a couple years older than me. She could drive and I couldn't yet. And so I was sneaking out of my window. My room was on the other side of the house from my parents. So it was easy enough to sneak out the window, go do whatever it is that teenagers do in the middle of the night and then come back home. But I did not take into consideration. There's a mulch bed, like a flower bed right underneath that window. So the next day I'm at school, my mom comes into my room and sees a pile of mulch underneath the window. It wasn't, busted. it wasn't the perfect crime. How about that? Yeah. Busted. Yeah. Ryan, how about you, buddy? Are you been sneaking out of windows when you was a kid, or you do it now? Or I can't remember sneaking <laughs> out of a. I mean, I know when I was a kid, I snuck out and took my mom and dad's station wagon for a ride one night when they were having a Halloween party. But nice, yeah, yeah. I remember going out front. It was an old Vista Cruiser, like a '77, with the little windows in the top of the rails. And I remember putting it in, turning the key in, putting in neutral, and pushing down the road until it was far enough away to start it up. And me and my buddies. Took off in the car for the night. Nice. Ryan, yeah. do you know this Paul Peters guy? What is, what is he? He's throwing shade or what? Who's this guy? I have no idea. Oh, uh, well, not. Anyways. Yeah, Paul Peters, you fucking suck. Nobody yeah. likes you. No way. Yeah. So that's about as much attention as we'll give that. Yeah, we'll give that that much attention. Uh, snuck out the window. Yeah, I did his. I mean, nothing new here. I mean, nothing exciting. Snuck out as a kid, went and drank beer with the neighbor kids, you know, whatever. Got caught. End of story. Sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah, that's that way. Speaking on it before that. Yep. All right. Next question, guys. Question four. Let's see. How or right, who's funnier? Kevin Hart or Dave Chappelle? Let's see how Dave Kevin Hart. Who's funnier? Dave Chappelle or Kevin Hart? Dave Chappelle, in my opinion. Man, that Kevin Hart special made me laugh real hard. Just to be contrarian, I'm going with Kevin Hart. Really? Over Dave? I don't know. Dave was funny as shit, though. God, I didn't see that new thing on Netflix. I got to watch that, but... Kevin Hart's funny shit. I don't know. Don't ask impossible, stupid-ass questions, I know. I I actually thought this would be a landslide, but I'm wrong. Ryan, how about you? Dave Chappelle, man. He's he's cutting edge. Like He says some... He's got that new show out as well. He's a funny dude. Yeah. He Dave Chappelle is the goat. I mean, I like Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart and The Rock, you put them two together, it's over, man. But like Dave Chappelle, man, he <laughs> the Chappelle show, shit, man. I, I'm I'm Dave Chappelle all the way, man. So yeah. No, I love Dave Chappelle. His old show. Do you remember see that when the blind white supremacist? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. Clayton Bigsby. <laughs> Clayton Bigsby. Oh yeah. How could this have happened? 
<laughs> right, right. Uh, so, last question. What phrase do you guys dislike? And I can tell you mine for an example. I cannot stand when someone sa- says, my baby mama's drama. I cannot stand the word baby's mama. I hate I it. You wait to use that, the right? Mo- the mother of the child. That's, I'd rather you say that. I don't like my baby mama. I can't stand that. What about you guys? Probably school of hard knocks. School of hard knocks. Yeah. I mean, on their Facebook profile, when they went to the school of hard knocks. Yeah. That's kind of corny. No. <laughs> about you, Jim? I think I'm getting tired of fuck around and find out. Oh, yeah. I hate that fucking phrase. I'm just, it's just getting <laughs> old and it's, it's people trying to sound tough and how tough are you really? Like, right. uh, like, I don't fucking know. I'm getting sick of that one. Well, that's yeah. a good one. It reminds me of another one. It's like, if you know, you know. Yeah, that one. Right. It's even become I wake, I, Y, K, Y, K. And you have to figure out what that means. <laughs> yeah. Or it is what it is. Even yeah. though I say it all the time. I say that one all the time. <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> well, guys, that was five stupid ass questions. So we made it through it pretty easily. So anyways, guys, uh, Ryan, again, thanks for coming on tonight, man. Uh, appreciate you. Appreciate everything you did for us. And, uh, so, Jim, any last words before we go? No, man. No. Uh, thanks, uh, all you guys with the Real World Giveaway. I had a lot of fun with that. Oh, um, yeah. And by the way, we've got, I believe, five redraws that we have to do. Five people that didn't get a hold of us that didn't claim the prizes. So, a lot of good tools. So, pay attention to that. That'll probably happen next week. Cool. Hell, yeah, man. That was an awesome thing you did, man. Uh, oh, yeah, happy. God, usually those things are just stressful, and it was stressful, but that one was so much fun. The excitement that everybody everybody got into it, it was a blast. Mm. So, well, yeah, hell yeah, man. So, anyways, guys, we'll see everybody at MTE 2024 if you can make it. If you can't, no, you're missing out. But uh, let's give a shout-out to our sponsors, and I want to announce that we may have a new sponsor next month that's not in the PDR industry. So, so we'll we'll leave that as a little coming soon thing. But anyways, realworldpdr.com, the industry's hottest training site. Respect the crowns. And don't forget about dentmatepro.com, your simple solution for invoicing and estimating. And you guys in Australia, don't forget about dentmate.com.au. It'll make you more Aussie dollars. Oh, dude, right. I got to do that the other day during the giveaway. I know, right? Yeah, that was good. <laughs> we had a winner from Australia. It was awesome. Yeah. So, yep. So anyways, guys, uh, RWO, bowl life. And our sponsors for the show, realworldpdr.com, respect the crown, and dentmatepro.com, your simple solution for invoicing and estimating. And for our Australia techs, don't forget dentmate.com.au for your estimating and invoicing needs. Facebook page and Instagram, the RWO PDR Podcast. RWO, the real world order. Oh, life.